Welcome to The Story, a TVNZ podcast which takes a story that's been in the news and looks at what's behind it. I'm John Campbell. Welcome to The Story. This is the Pitt Street Methodist Church in downtown Auckland. And behind me, Pride Auckland is about to hold a special general meeting. A vote of no confidence in the board will stand. They are waiting for a quorum of 300 people. It looks to me like they're going to get it. In this episode of the story, we look at how Pride has reached this point and what this is all about. Should police officers be able to march in uniform in the Pride Parade? I think that an issue that is as divisive as this we have to go back to those that are directly affected by this. We have to go to our community. It's been a divisive past couple of weeks that's now come to a head. What would you like to say to the people who made the decision to exclude police officers in uniform from participating in the Pride Parade? Listen to your community. No coxies. Part of my, part of my... And the community, it certainly seemed, wanted to be listened to. We're at the front door of the church. Already it's almost full inside. I'm just going to stop here. <laughs> Along Pitt Street, towards the famous Karangahape Road, they're lined up. Below us, board supporters forming a kind of solidarity line. And then, walking amongst everyone, Sissy Rock, the Pride Board Chair, facing the no-confidence vote and looking remarkably relaxed but who would later tell me... Oh, you know, I'd be lying if I said it, was, it wasn't tough. It, it, it has been quite tough. I've never um, faced, I think, so much hatred aimed at me. Hatred. More on that shortly. But all of this has culminated in a meeting in Auckland evening traffic in a Methodist church with rainbow flags, both 6 o'clock TV news programmes going live from outside, and a sense, perhaps, of people being more watched than understood. The issue, in a way, summarised by the billboard that Keiko is holding here, support the Pride Board, not uniforms. In other words, the Pride Board made the decision that no police in uniforms would be able to participate in the Pride Parade next year, and that has created something of a division within the Pride community in Auckland. That may be resolved tonight. As people vote, hundreds of people are here to participate in this vote. We're waiting for permission to join them inside. Which brings us back to hatred, almost incongruous in this rainbow crowd. But to understand our history, perhaps better brings us to the present. You've lost the battle. What we are seeing here are the final struggles of the homosexual group who know they have lost the battle. They Until 1986, 17 years after the moon landing, 10 years after the Apple Computer Company was formed, consensual sex between men was a criminal offence in New Zealand, punishable by prosecution and even imprisonment. A bill stands in the name of Fran Wilde. Mr Speaker, I move that leave be given to introduce the Homosexual Law Reform Bill. Looked back on, the debate on homosexual law reform is an unlovely time capsule. Mr Speaker, the present law is against anal intercourse, or what it is commonly known as sodomy. 
That was Labour MP Jeff Braybrook. This is National MP Norman Jones speaking to a meeting at the Wellington Town Hall. I don't love homosexuals. As far as I'm concerned, you can stay in the gutter. 95% of the average normal people. Let all the normal people stand up. Let all the normal people arise and say these people. God bless the normal people because it is the normal people of New Zealand that are going to tell these people we do not want homosexuality legalised. Norman Jones, Jeff Braybrook, the 44 MPs who voted for homosexuality to remain illegal. John Banks, who informed Parliament... That legalising sodomy is the thin edge of the wedge and it's going to destabilise the family unit, destroy this nation and democracy. Since then, step by step, a different world. 1986 homosexual law reform, which by the way only passed by 49 votes to 44. The Human Rights Act of 1993, the Civil Union Act of 2004, the Marriage Amendment Act of 2013, marriage equality everyone called it, and gay New Zealanders who were literally told... You're down the drain! You're back into the sewers! You're back into the sewers where you come from! have somehow emerged from beneath the weight of such bigotry to celebrate a remarkable thing against those odds. Resilience, yes, but, and this is the key word here, pride. What do we want in a parade? We want floats, we want lights, we want dazzle, we want costumes, we want all of those things. We want sparkle. It's a celebration, it's a party. The Pride Parade and the Hero Parade that preceded it stand and dance as evidence of a remarkable victory. The footage is joyful and, yes, proud. And year after year, the crowds along Auckland's Ponsonby Road are genuinely large. In the simple storybook terms that make for an easy narrative, Pride has served as a kind of happily ever after. That was until... The future of Auckland's famous Pride Parade appears to be hanging in the balance following a decision to ban police in uniform from taking part. That sparked a backlash from the Defence Force who have withdrawn their support and now two sponsors have pulled their funding. Now much of the mainstream media response to that, nearly all of it, it has to be said from people outside the LGBTQI communities, ranged from bewilderment to a kind of contempt. <laughs> You know, there it is. This year's award for cocking up and destroying goodwill and reputation go to Auckland's gay pride parade organisers. Uh, the police are out, the defence forces out, funding's cut. You could not have orchestrated a greater or more spectacular undermining of your brand if you were the enemy and had launched a PR jihad. Mike Hosking, whose employee NZME, then joined those withdrawing as pride sponsors. So what was it all about? If the external sense of pride was that it stood for the triumphant overcoming of such enmity that John Banks described homosexual law reform using the E-word... This bill is evil. ...wasn't pride bound by the triumph over that? What had happened and why? Surely the best way to answer that is to ask the people involved and then to listen when they answer. John, I'm the chair of the... Rainbow New Zealand Charitable Trust. My name is Gresham Bradley. Uh, I'm 
also one of the founding uh, members of Auckland Pride, which is one of the reasons I think you've got me here talking to you today. My name is Joel Walsham. Uh, I grew up in West Auckland. I am a gay man and uh, I am, you know, a community activist. If, in very simple terms, the main difference between Gresham and Joel can be expressed in the role of police in the Pride Parade, this footage is illuminating. During homosexual law reform, the police were used to protect order, even when order was openly homophobic. You're down the drain! Yes, as Norman Jones yelled bigotry, the only person being removed was a man calmly demanding a right of reply. And on the day a petition was presented to Parliament against homosexual law reform, and Parliament steps were made available for what critics described as something resembling a Nuremberg rally, the only people arrested were protesting against their presence. Police attention was focused on keeping the two sides apart by keeping gay rights supporters behind barriers, and this was greeted angrily. They have stolen those symbols, they are not the real New Zealand. Other scuffles followed throughout the ceremony, and there were 23 arrests for breaching the peace and one for assaulting a police officer. And if you fast forward from that to this... Pictures of uniformed police officers participating in the Pride Parade, well, for some of those who lived through the dark days, this, putting police uniform blue into a rainbow, feels like something approaching a miracle. Which brings us back to Gresham Bradley. What did that mean to you? Watching the police march in uniform? Oh, oh look, it was last year was one of the most exciting moments in any parade that I've seen uh, with the, the police, not just the police, but the armed forces as well. Um, the Achilles flying over the Ponsonby Road parade route. Uh, it, was, it was just um, a spine-tingling, hair-raising, um, wonderful, glorious moment because the engagement with police is so symbolic of the way our community has actually moved forward, that, that we, we have these relationships with these organisations. And more important than that, it's not the police as such that are marching. It is their rainbow members, their LGBT staff, and those people's straight friends and supporters. And that's core to what the parade is all about. Beyond that, I also think it's important that we realize that the fight for liberation doesn't happen once, right? It's not a single event. We have to keep on going or else we're just kind of pulling the ladder up behind us. Yes, pride should absolutely be a place of celebration. And as Harvey Milk says, we have to give people hope. We have to give our young people around the country hope. But I don't think that we necessarily do that by having Vodafone and Westpac and Sky City marching down the street with the police. Well, that calls into question what is pride. And for me, pride is a celebration. It's not a political moment for 
demonstrations. It's not an angry place. It shouldn't be an angry place. We founded Pride to be a celebration of ourselves, uh, joining together with our straight brothers and sisters across all racial groups, across all sexualities, not as a protest place, not as a place for political agendas to be aired. It's a celebration. It's a festival and a parade. Not everybody is at the place of being able to celebrate. There is a generation that has fought really hard and we totally respect them for everything that has been fought for. But I refuse to believe that those for whom my rights were won were doing so so that now they could just sit in gay business associations and in corporate diversity positions and weaponize the power that they've won against our own community. Do I don't think that's right. Do you feel that they're doing that? I, I, think, I think so. Because um, that's, that's strong, that the, the weaponize the power that they've won against your own community. That's a hell of a strong phrase. Right. Well, there are some of us that have been committed to pride keeping on happening. And we've got a part of our community that seems content to let it burn this year. You know, they would, if the police cannot march, they would rather that the corporates walk out with them and that they make this power grab for the Pride Board. And I don't think that's okay. I think that we should be committed to Pride happening in 2019. We should stay at the table and have these tough uh, conversations. Because as queer people, we've gone through our life having tough conversations. And we know that we don't get anywhere when we just throw our toys and make these demands. Which takes us back to where we started, the Methodist Church on Pitt Street and last night's meeting. So the meeting has started, we are allowed in to observe but we are not allowed to record what is taking place inside the church behind me now. That applause is for the second speaker to the no confidence motion in the board. You can hear through these speakers that the applause is loud. My sense from being in there when the first speaker finished is that this is divided roughly on 50-50 lines. There is a great deal of feeling in this room and they will vote on the no confidence motion later, but we are not allowed to record what is taking place. We wait and wait. Outside downtown Auckland is going about the business of being downtown Auckland, life in its ordinary rhythms. And inside, in a way, they're debating Pride's role in lifting people who were not yet afforded the privilege of being widely treated as if they were ordinary. It's 8.30 and the speeches have been very passionate for and against the board. Remember, this is a no-confidence motion, so if you're voting for it, you're voting for the board to go and you are effectively implicitly anyway, voting for the return of police officers in uniform. If you're voting against the motion, you are supporting the board and their decision about police officers in uniform. Now, the speeches have been going for an hour and a half or so, and they've just had a vote on the floor to end the speeches very shortly and then have the actual vote. So that is coming up. By a margin of 325 to 273, the vote is for the board to stay. How are you feeling about that, Gresham? Oh, well, obviously I'm, I'm a bit disappointed. I still believe that there are a large number of people who came in in that uh, days before the uh, membership block 
was called and uh, I think that we've got a lot of people who aren't actually true members of the community but were part of the political interest and they marshaled the numbers better than we could because they had the organisation. So that's essentially what happened because we had a 250 membership total before this. Um, it was over 250 for a 25% quorum. So, you know, that's how the numbers grew. And uh, the one thing that may, gives me some heart is that there is a chance that the two sides can work together. I think that's what has been being asked for since this whole fight began. And had Pride Board behaved in that conciliatory way at the original members meeting that triggered all of this row, we wouldn't be here tonight. So hopefully some cooler heads are um, in place uh, and that there can be some negotiation to find a pathway through the issue of the police and how this community can engage with organisations like the police and be part of supporting them change and not fighting them. Sissy, what's your reaction? The people here voted confidence in the board and you were the chair of the board. This is true and um, you know it's good, it's good to feel like people have, uh, are confident in the decisions that you're making but you know um, I know that this has been really disturbing to our entire community and that uh, friendships have been put on the line and there's been tears and uh, passion and I want to find a way for us all to work together with this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing this as a, a victory, I'm seeing this as a mandate to keep on working in the way that we as a board have been working. I felt very loved by you all. As she was leaving, Sissy Rock made a small kind of speech to those still there. It wasn't being called a victory, but the reaction of those who supported her suggested it felt that way. You know, all, all of you stand with us and we stand with you, we're one. And that's what it's meant to be about, eh? Yeah. We are a community that is not done fighting for each other's rights. 32 years after homosexual law reform, this perhaps is pride reimagined. Pride is political, and we are here to take a stand. Not everyone's cup of tea, not perhaps for any sponsors who may like their pride largely politics free, but those voting for the board last night and those in this commercial seem to be saying... Pride is political. What is it that you stand for most of all? I stand for uh, all voices to be heard and uh, I think I particularly stand for voices that don't often get heard to be able to be amplified. Right, we know that our most marginalised communities, young queer people, takatapui people, trans people, gender non-conforming people, poor people, our homeless people, our people that are suffering from substance abuse, they haven't felt that a corporate march is something that they need to turn up for because it hasn't been for them. And we need to keep looking with a really wide lens, with a queer lens. We can't take a single focus with this. I think of um, my friend who was choked by a police officer and dragged along the road. I think of dawn raids. I think of parihaka. I think of decades and years and years and years of institutional racist prejudice which has not gone away, which is not getting better, in which we finally have an opportunity to use pride as a political platform to change. I think that's monumental. Emily Raketi ending the story. This episode was produced by Julie Clothier and Erica Wood and edited by Luis Portillo and Justin Moore.
I'm John Campbell. Thanks for joining us.